This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, Wisconsin? How's it going? Welcome to the second edition of Dairyland Talk. I am your host, Dylan Piccolo, joined by TJ Bain, as always. Uh, Bucks get a split on their West Coast road trip, which took them to Portland for a loss. A dominating win over the Golden State Warriors, a close overtime loss to the Clippers, and a good win over the Denver Nuggets. So, TJ, let's start breaking down these four games that we had um, talked about on our previous podcast that we said probably three and one, two and two at the worst, and it ended up being two and two um, with two losses against teams that the Bucks we thought would probably beat. Yeah, you know, the one against uh, the Trailblazers was pretty interesting. I think it was just a good game by uh, uh, C.J. McCullen dropping 40 points. You know, he had he had just a dominating third quarter. You know, uh, Giannis with 23 and nine rebounds. You know, Lopez had 22. So, I mean, it was a good hard-fought game. It was just, it was just you know, just Trailblazers night. Yeah, I think it was a lot of, uh, you know, C.J. McCollum got extremely hot, and when a shooter gets that hot, hits five threes, uh, you know, 40 points, uh, four steals, you're going to have uh, nights like that, and it's going to be tough to bite. But the Bucks did not definitely play their game best game that night. Uh, the whole starting lineup was negative in the plus-minus, and it was really, um, you know, not the Bucks' night. They really didn't. Um, they shot the ball pretty well from three, actually, 16 and 42 for 38 percent. So one of their better days on the year. But Portland was just, you know, 17 of 43, 39 percent, just a little bit better and shot 52 percent from the field. So you got to really look at that and say, all right, well, you know, did they beat us down because they're better than us or did they just have a good night? And they just had a good night. Um, so, you know, Bucks lost that one. They lost and moved to eight and two. Uh, no big deal there. Had a lost the third quarter by 10 points, kind of lost it there. Um, no big deal there. Uh, not really a concerning, you know, I do have to say one thing I didn't see on, on uh, looking at ESPN's power rankings today. And they said that that was an embarrassing loss. Did you think that loss was embarrassing at all? I mean, they lost by 15 points, but for an eight and one team on the road before they play golden state, would you consider that embarrassing? No, no, not at all. I mean, Portland just, you know, they just outscored them. And, you know, um, the Bucks were just playing from behind most of the game, you know, from a team that's been at the uh, bottom five and three-point attempts last season to being coming into the game at like second in the NBA and three-point tries at 41 per game. It, it was just an off night for uh, the Bucks and just a good night for the Trailblazers. I wouldn't consider it an embarrassing loss at all. Yeah, and I think, you know, I'm not too concerned about that game. I don't really have any thoughts. It was kind of a blah game. There wasn't really too much um, going on. Eric Bledsoe had an awful night, 2 of 12, 1 of 7. That's like the worst you're going to see Eric Bledsoe. 5 points, 7 assists, 2 rebounds, and a minus 14 on 16% shooting from the field. So, I mean, if you're trying to figure out what's the floor for each of these guys, I think that's actually the floor of Eric Bledsoe. But – Eric Bledsoe came back 
the uh, two nights later on November 8th, and the Bucks went on to Oracle Arena on national TV and put a stomping on the two-time defending NBA champion Golden State Warriors, um, albeit shorthand um, with Draymond Green out with, I think it was a sprained toe. Um, man, it was, uh, if you were a Bucks fan watching that game, that was probably one of the best, that was probably one of the best games you've ever watched because everything was going well. Um, the Bucks did it. Uh, they won the second and third quarter by a combined total of 23 points. Um, I mean, they really dominated in that second and third quarter stretch, uh, turning the ball over, uh, you know, they had forced 18 turnovers. Kevin Durant had six turnovers. I mean, you can dominate the Warriors if you're turning them over like that and limiting the three. I mean, uh, Steph Curry only took four threes. Kevin Durant took two, and Clay Thompson took two. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, the Warriors, you know, like you said, were was without, you know, Draymond Green. They lost uh, Stephen Curry halfway through the third quarter, so they weren't fully charged, but it the first two quarters, the Bucks showed them who the best team in the East was, and it's the Bucks right now. Absolutely, I don't. I don't think there's any question that it's the Bucks. And looking, focusing on this Warriors game, I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo could do it absolutely whatever he wanted. He was getting to the rim. He was getting fouled. Ten free, ten made free throws. Eleven free throw attempts. Nine rebounds, 24 points. I mean, four assists, two blocks, two steals. He contributes in every single part, every single category. And Giannis, he, the way he was sliding to the basket, I mean, against Kevin Durant, it made you think, all right, man, this guy can kind of move like Kevin Durant does. He's sly, but he's a lot stronger and he's powerful when he goes up with it. Um, But I, I will say the – top performer on that game for me was Eric Bledsoe after his pitiful game against Portland. He had a 26 minutes. He shot 83% from the field and then 26 points, six assists, four rebounds. I mean, Eric Bledsoe was awesome that game. Shooting the ball, he hit some t- two timely threes, got to the rim, finished it. I mean, his physicality, being able to go up to the rim and finish with contact is like no other. And it could be that he is the third star for the Milwaukee Bucks going forward. Oh, absolutely. You know, only playing, like you said, 26 minutes for Giannis and Eric Bledsoe and putting up those stats. Giannis getting to the rim as easy as it was. You know, Draymond Green was sitting on the sidelines just at all on what Giannis could do on the floor. And Eric Bledsoe, I mean, 10 of 12 from the, you know, from the field, two of three from the three-point line. I mean, he was, he made up for that other game. And and you'll always see that, um, you know, when when a, the Bucks take down a team like Golden State and they beat them by this margin. I mean, to beat them by, you know, 23 points and to have all of your starters play less than 30 minutes – that is perfect. The Bucks are playing about 10 deep at this point, and you're seeing how it's paying dividends for the Bucks now, and it'll pay dividends for them when we get close to playoff time and the Bucks have fresh legs going into the postseason and hopefully home court advantage as well. I mean, also you need to kind of think about 
what this win against the Warriors did for the Bucks. There was, you know, national people talking about the Bucks, how they're getting um, more recognition now that this is a a four team race in the Eastern Conference between the Celtics, the Raptors, um, and as well as the 76ers who just acquired Jimmy Butler, which we'll touch on in a little bit here. But, you know, what do you think that this win against the Warriors did for the Bucks in terms of national attention? And do you think that um, the Bucks are going to be capable to stack wins like this because they went into Denver and won a tough game and it appears that they're being able to go into these tough places and get out W's? Yeah, I think the biggest advantage that the Bucks have right now is rebounding. I mean, they held a uh, 46-38 rebound advantage over the Warriors. You know, they're they're hitting their free throw shots. I mean, as a team, just against the Warriors, they went 19 times, made 15 of them. You know, the team is disciplined. They're they're well coached. These are games that the Bucks can really stack on, like you were saying, and really um, make a push in the East, which has only gotten tougher, like you said, with the 76ers making that trade for Jimmy Butler. So it's going to be very intriguing for the rest of the season. So after the Bucks defeated Golden State, they had a, another day off. And then they came back and they had a matinee contest against the Clippers in L.A. Um, where they actually lost in overtime um, by two, 128 to 126, giving them their third loss of the season. Uh, the Bucks, you know, it was kind of a hot and cold um, game. You know, the Bucks would do well one quarter, the Clippers the next, and kind of flip-flop were, you know, down nine after the first, got back, got the lead at half, and then, you know, they just couldn't really get it back. It was kind of a weird game for the Bucks. Uh, you know, Giannis had to play 41 minutes that night. Malcolm 37, Brooke 37, Bledsoe 34, and Chris only 28. So what do you think uh, about that Clippers game stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, I think they were just riding high still from that Warriors win, you know, still out in Cali, still enjoying the weather, and you know, just I think they took a night off, you know, thinking, hey, you know, these are the Clippers. It's going to be an easy win. And the Clippers came in on the first quarter and just smacked them right in the mouth, dropping 33 on them. And it really woke up, you know, the Bucks because they dropped 40 in the second quarter. So it was just an off night for them. They They can't take games off like this, you know, like against teams like the Clippers, you know, or the Hawks or, you know, the bottom tier teams. They have to beat these teams. On a day, on a nightly basis, if they want to have a top seed in the East, and I think we saw that problem with the Bucks last season. Um, you know, they would have a massive win last year. They would scrape one out with that ragtag group of players they had uh, under Coach Jason Kidd. Um, that are apparently looking like some of them like gems under Mike Budenholzer. The Bucks would have a big win, and then they would go lose in Charlotte the next night. I mean, they would go lose in Atlanta, like you had mentioned. You know, you you have to beat the teams that you have to beat, and that's, you know, like Golden State and Houston last year. They always beat the teams that they have to beat, and that's how they just accumulate these wins and get these unbelievable regular season records that set them fantastically up in the playoffs for home court and, you know, matchups and things of that nature. So, you know, I think that uh, it's concerning uh, in that sense that you don't want to uh, have kind of that what happened last year. Um, but, 
you know, I trust Mike Budenholzer that he's going to get his team out of this matchup. And we saw that in the next game against Denver. And we'll talk about that one next, but there's nothing really concerning because I have how much I trust Mike Budenholzer. And it's amazing how much I trust him compared to Jason Kidd. So it just kind of all fits in that kind of realm of trust uh it kind of limits my concerns but Giannis I mean 27 and 18 uh you know five of 11 five of 11 from the free throw line he's got to improve his free throw shooting for sure he's definitely taking a step back from that so um but anything massive standing out for you from the Clippers well I mean they you know it went into overtime it was all based on Lou Williams hitting that like you know that layup at the very end to really give them the win so, you know, and shout out to Brooke Lopez for hitting three, uh, six three-pointers that game. I mean, the big man is shooting lights out from the three-point. Yeah, I mean, Brooke is definitely hitting threes at a huge rate. Uh, and trust me, we'll go all into that in the Denver uh, you know, <laughs> portion of this. But uh, I think that, you know, it's a, a tough loss from the Bucks, And we, we had mentioned if they do beat Golden State, they will lose a game they probably should win. And I think this was it, uh, you know, Portland as well, obviously. But um, let's move on to the next game against Denver, which was Sunday uh, at 8 p.m. Kind of a tough game to wake up for, uh, you know, with the altitude on a Sunday night after uh, a three-game week already on the West Coast. But the Bucks were playing and they got catapulted by brick lopez's eight three-pointers on 13 attempts 10 to 17 from the floor 28 points for the big man in the middle the 3.2 million dollar signee brooke lopez and brooke was on fire he was hitting some deep threes 35 feet at least from the basket on consecutive possessions just hitting it you know his shoelace popped out I mean, Brooke Lopez, he tied an NBA record last night um, for most threes made in a game by a purse player seven foot or taller. Uh, Lori Markinen had tied it last year, and Dirk Nowitzki has had the record. I believe he achieved it somewhere in the middle of the 2000s. So, I mean, Brooke Lopez against Denver, unreal. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, breaking, you know, he tied his career high last game with six uh, three-pointers, and then he just was like, well, I'll do better this game and hit eight. I mean, can you ask, you know, much more from a big guy from, you know, coming to the team, you know, playing the center position, which was a weakness for the Bucks, and not only giving them defense, but giving them a three-point shot, which they were lacking last season. This is the best off. Best signing this offseason the Bucks did. Let's think about this too, because Brooke Lopez, he can he can absolutely shoot whenever he wants. And if he misses it, he doesn't get bothered. He shoots it again and it goes in the next time. That's the beauty of Budenholzer, man. He just wants the big guys to shoot. And if he may, and they're gonna make him, he has confidence in him. Sees these guys play all the time, and he's like, Well, you know what, Brooke? If you want to go out there and if you think the team needs 13 threes from you to win the game, go ahead and do it, man. We're going to stick behind you. And he rewarded him last night with eight three-point makes in that game. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, 22 points, nine rebounds, eight assists, near triple-double yet again. Um, Malcolm Brogdon, 20 points. Chris Middleton, 20 points. So the Bucks had four 20-point scorers. Um, you know, 
I think Malcolm Brogdon has been one of the more intriguing players for the Bucs this season because, you know, when the Bucs don't really have anything going on offensively, they get kind of in that stagnant Jason Kidd type offense. He really does a good job of driving the ball to the basket and either making it or forcing a pass, getting the team in their offense. I think Malcolm Brogdon has been one of the more um, surprising players this year of like what he can do for this team and helping them win. Oh yeah, I mean uh, Malcolm's over here shooting a uh, at forty three percent from the three point line. I mean that's impressive in itself. Fourteen points, four rebounds, three three assists. I mean I think those are all like career highs for him right now. You know, and he's gonna it's gonna require the Bucks to sign him next season, which is going to be a very intriguing for the front office. But Malcolm Brogdon is playing outstanding this year, and same with Chris Middleton. I mean it's the guard position for the Bucks or probably one of the best in the East or underrated best in the East. Yeah. And those, like you said, those are all three guys in the starting lineup that will be up for contract extensions this off season, or will be hitting the free agency. If the bucks cannot meet, reach an agreement with them uh, during that time, uh, there wasn't a game uh, against the nuggets that was heavily influenced by um, the bench, but, I'm also not concerned about that because they played, uh, you know, four of them in double figures. John Henson only played seven, in, uh, just under eight minutes, and the it, it just didn't warrant them scoring that night. The and that's okay. I mean, there's going to be nights where we need Pat Urson, Dante, Tony to score, but it just wasn't that time. So I'm not really concerned about how the game was played. Um, it's you know, and it's nice that we're not here talking about all the flaws, and it's giving us less of a headache on what's wrong with this Bucks team. They're playing Gary basketball. They're beating good teams. And you know what? They're showing that they're a threat to come out of the Eastern Conference and go to the NBA Finals. I mean, I don't think that it's absurd. I mean, the Bucks are right now on track to get in the echelon of late a high 50s, near 60 wins. I mean, this team is fantastic. And barring any catastrophic injuries, and we know that they can happen, Karis LeVert just – you know, broke his leg tonight. And, you know, mm. obviously that's, you know, heartbreaking and you, you know, pray for a guy like that, but you know, we can't, the Bucks have that, don't have, don't have that happen. The Bucks are in good shape going into the season and, you know, playing honest, you know, blowing out teams and having him play 20 minutes. I mean, you know, yeah, he's sorry. He's not going to play in the fourth quarter if you're at the game, but he'll be ready to go when it comes to playoff time and the Bucks will be ready to go. You know, I think, I think the Bucks have a very intriguing team. You know, I think I liked what Coach Mike did playing all the starters. So, you know, a lot of minutes in the Nuggets game to, you know, make like, hey, guys, even though you guys played an overtime loss just last night, you guys are going to play this game and you guys are going to win this game because that's what championship teams do. They correct what they did wrong. And I like what the uh, culture that the coach has really brought to the team. Yeah, I mean, and it gives confidence to them. Hey, guys, I know you guys just lost by two kind of a fluky game i trust you go get it done for us and that's what they did um so now moving on to what the bucks have looking ahead wednesday friday and uh monday night as well when we'll be recording the podcast the bucks have the grizzlies on wednesday at home all three games at home the grizzlies on wednesday the bulls on friday and the nuggets on monday in terms of the Grizzlies, always going to be a grind against them, just kind of the style that they've adopted. Um, you know, with Gasol, Mark, you know, Mike Conley, um, Dylan Brooks, he just went down with an injury. So, 
I mean, obviously, you know, they lose a, a scorer right there. Um, but, you know, the Grizzlies always pose a decent threat. I think the Bucks, Bucks can beat them. But the Grizzlies are, you know, riding on a two-game winning streak. Um, as they play Utah right now, they're currently beating Utah. Um, but they just beat the 76ers in overtime, and they beat the Nuggets. So those are two pretty good teams. So, you know, if they win tonight, they'll be riding a three-game winning streak coming into Milwaukee, uh, two hot teams meeting uh, at the Pfizer Forum uh, that night. Um, what do you think? Uh, you know, I think Conley and Marcus Saul could pose some threats for the Bucks. You'll definitely see how Brooke Lopez handles one of the better centers in the NBA um, that night. But anything you want to mention about the Grizzlies? I mean, yeah, Grizzlies are just playing, you know, you know, normal ball like they always do you know just tough grind you know slow uh, a different type of style that the bucks are used to you know a lot of in and out a lot of passing it to the marcus soul letting him work in the center so it's going to require burke lopez to really you know be on his defensive game Giannis is really going to have to step up against this team you know memphis is one of those teams that are very underrated they don't have a lot of superstars but they have a lot of good players that could be a mis- mismatch for the Bucks. Yeah, I think, you know, if you look at the Buck or the Grizzlies like team stats right now, they you know, they're the la- the last in the NBA in scoring and they're first in the NBA in scoring defense. So, you know, they're going to try to lock you down and try to limit you, but they're not going to put up a lot of points too in the way the Bucks play offense uh with so many different options at every avenue. I just don't see that the Grizzlies can stop all of them at this point. Um, they all Grizzlies also, um, you know, they don't shoot a lot of two pointers and they force you to shoot a lot of two pointers. So we'll see how that turns out uh, in terms of Wednesday night at Pfizer forum against the Grizzlies. Um, the next game is Friday night. Jabari Parker makes his regular season return to Milwaukee. Um, with uh, a lot of negativity going towards him in terms of Bucks Twitter. Uh, he just right now isn't playing good defense. He's getting called out on social media for every poor mistake that he has. And it's, you know, it's frustrating to watch that. You know, obviously you, you don't want to have negative thoughts about Jabari Parker, but, you know, he just kind of isn't helping himself right now. Bulls are four and nine, uh, can't play really any defense, don't really have any offensive um versatility especially with Lori Markkinen out at this point um you know Zach Levine's playing at a good, good level uh but you know Jabari Parker is your leading scorer after that so let's and he's only started six games so you know Wendell Carter has been nice but I don't really see much of a threat from the Bulls but I know the Bulls like to come up to Milwaukee and I like and I know they like to play like they play a lot of basketball but you know they're hurt Chris Dunn's out Markkinen's out, Bobby Porter's is out, Valentine's out. So the Bulls are kind of just filling in gaps right now. And, uh, yeah, I just – I don't really have any thoughts on the Bulls, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Jabari Parker is going to try to come here and uh, make a statement game like, oh, you know, look what you guys missed out. But if you notice how much fluid the uh, Bucks are playing without him, we're not missing him at all. You know, Jabari Parker found a home and with the Chicago Bulls, and, you know, he's not – playing up to par as many, you know, people would think he should be. But I mean, Hey, you know, that's just how the NBA works. That's how the business side works. You know, the person we're going to have to worry about is Zach Levine. You know, he's playing lights out. So, you know, he can catch fire any night, you know, and drop a 40 
So we just have to really be careful with him. But, you know, besides that, like you said, I mean, they're injured. They seem like they're starting to maybe try to start tanking to get a higher draft pick. But, I mean, it should be two solid wins this week for uh, for the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, after watching Zion Williamson and those Duke boys played, I'd probably be thinking too. Yeah, right, you know. They're they're unreal. Um but and then the Bucks will finish out our week, which ends on Monday when we record our podcast, with another contest against the Nuggets at home. The final time the Bucks will be playing the Nuggets this season. So if you want to go to that game, I would recommend it because the Nuggets are a fun team to watch. Uh, despite the Bucks beating them, it's not never going to be easy and never guaranteed for the, the a game of that magnitude um, on a Monday night in Milwaukee. Um, I think the Bucks did a lot of what I would say they need to do on. Monday when they played them yesterday on Sunday, they just need to limit Nikola Jokic. I mean, Jokic did not have a very, uh, you know, a very great game yesterday. He had, he had good numbers. He had 20 points, six assists, six rebounds, nothing like a triple double that he had uh, against the Bucks last year. So, you know, limit him, uh, you know, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray didn't have really fantastic games, 15 and 14 apiece. If Paul Millsap wants to beat you, I mean, he hit five threes. I mean, Jokic hit four threes. So just limiting them. I think the Bucks are a better team than Denver. I think Denver uh, is good. They have a lot of good pieces with their bench necessarily isn't rounded out and they rely a little too much on their guards, but you know, definitely going to be a tough game and another test for the Bucks uh, to make sure, you know, Hey, that game wasn't a fluke and we got to defend our home turf, uh, especially on our toughest game of the week. I don't want them to go, you know, two two and oh, uh in those first two games and then lose the second one. I mean, Obviously, you want to win every game, but, you know, I think this is a winnable contest. Yeah, I think if we could pull this off and the Bucks are sitting at 13-3, and three, I think we'll be, you know, at least the number one or number two seed in the East. You know, the Nuggets, as long as we take care of uh, Jamal Murray, we'll be all right. Like you were saying, you know, um, Paul Millsap is going to have, you know, a Paul Millsap type day. But I, I honestly think the Bucks are way better than the Nuggets. At this point, the Nuggets are, like you said, rely heavily on their guards. And we have, you know, we have Giannis. So, (laughs) you know, I mean, it's Giannis is playing, you know, a big man, small forward. It's just insane how he's playing right now at such an MVP level. You know, Giannis could have one of those games where he can drop 26, nine rebounds, eight assists and be like, well, you know, he kind of had an off night. That's how well he's playing. Yeah, I don't think Giannis has had an A-plus game yet this season. Um, So he's definitely an MVP candidate already, and he has not played his best game. So that's kind of telling about how his season is going. Um, Let's talk about some superlatives for this week. Um, Who was the Mo- your Milwaukee Bucks MVP through the fir- the four-game road trip on the West Coast for the Milwaukee Bucks? Ooh, I'm going to take Brooke Lopez for going crazy from the three-point line. Now that is my MVP for the uh for the week, you know, two and two this week for the Bucks. But, you know, Brooke Lopez showed why why the Bucks went after him and signed him in. You know, eight three pointers, six three pointers. I mean, the the big man's playing outstanding this season. Yep. I think Brooke Lopez is a great choice, but I'm going to have to go with Eric Bledsoe. Um Bledsoe did have his rough game against Portland, but has played good in the other three, um, especially in the Bucks one 
134 to 111 victory over Golden State, where he had 26 points on 83% shooting from the field, six assists, four rebounds, a steal, plus 30 in the plus minus rating. I mean, Eric Budzel was doing it all that night, and it really showed what the high, the ceiling is for Eric Bledsoe on this Bucks team moving forward. Um, I'm going to ask you a next question, and it is going to be, what do you think the Bucks record will be after this next three-game stretch? Yeah, I think uh, I think we'll win these three. Be a nice, you know, solid 13-3. and three. You know, the East has uh, got a lot more competitive, like we were talking about with that Jimmy Butler trade. So every win is going to count especially with the top four teams with the Celtics, Raptors, Sixers, and the Bucks, I mean, it's going to be a grind. So I think we'll be 13-3 and three after these three games. I think the Eastern Conference has become the more intriguing conference to talk about. I think Golden State's kind of solidified themselves as tops of the West, especially with Houston's struggles, you know, with Carmelo Anthony and kind of missing Trevor Ariza and Luke Richard Mbamute. Um, but you know, I think three and zero is definitely uh, obtainable in this stretch. I wouldn't put the back put it back past the Bucks to lose it to the Nuggets at home. Um, but you know, I'm gonna say three and zero two. I'm gonna put all my chips in at least on this Bucks team for as it stands right now. Um, who is your kind of unsung hero for the Bucks uh, over this four game West Coast trip that they were just on? Uh, I would, hmm, I would. I think Malcolm. Malcolm Brogdon was doing, you know, things that nobody really, nobody ever really highlights on ESPN or talks about. He does the, the everyday, every player, you know, stuff. You know, the passing, the defensive, the setting screens, hitting uh, clutch shots, hitting free throws. You know, he's that type of player that you want on a team because he is the glue. So that's my unsung hero. The four game streets. I, I love that Malcolm Brogdon pick. Probably who I was going to go with. Um, But I am going to go with Pat Connaughton. Pat Connaughton has turned out a nice little role on this team. Uh, Kind of the older version of what Dante DiVincenzo hopes to be for this Bucks team. Um, But, I mean, Pat Connaughton has really put it up uh, on the score sheet. Two double-figure games off the bench. Obviously, 15 against the Warriors where he was impressive um and i think pat has done a nice job in this role i mean i think uh we've touched on the games this week the superlatives what we think is gonna happen so i think that's gonna uh finish it for this edition of dairyland talk thank you for listening to this edition of dairyland talk bucks when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.